Amen. Well, good morning. Happy New Year to you. Amen. Bless the Lord. Hey, uh, with uh, some of uh, the stuff that's been going on in this last week with COVID and uh, such, we didn't get a chance uh, because of uh, staff uh, being impacted to pre-record our online service like we would typically do. So actually, we have an online, uh, live online service today. So we say welcome to everybody who's joining us online. Glad to be all together on this first Sunday of the of the new year and uh, just praising God uh, I uh, got you know some things real strong in my heart to share regarding this next year and I I didn't realize how much I had to say in first service went a little over so I'm gonna try to be mindful of that for uh, second service here but it just has been stored up in my heart percolating for these last couple of weeks so before we get to that though just a, a couple of things I would want you all to be aware on uh, man, my months. I said June. You talk about like keep the coffee coming. I said uh, uh, June 16th or something in the in the first service. But January, just a couple of weeks, January 16th, Sunday night, 6:30. We're going to be gathered uh, for what we're calling a sacred assembly, and it's going to be an opportunity for us to seek God, an opportunity for us to dedicate this next year over to Him. Uh, literally, just kind of take everything that's that's been in these last couple of years. Just say, Lord, we're putting that behind. Our eyes are on You. And we are consecrated to your purposes and, and, and all that's coming down the road here in you. So if you can make it, we'd love for you to be there. Uh, again, 630 here in the sanctuary. Uh, and let's see, also too, I just have an updated an, an announcement regarding uh, healing prayer teams. This is from John Kropenak. He said that uh, the team that normally meets today, uh, that's not happening, that's canceled for today. Uh, but uh, I guess just next week, the 8th, uh, January 8th, that's a Saturday, 10 a.m. to noon, uh, healing teams will be meeting. So I just want to make sure everybody got the update on that. All right. And then just, uh, taking a time, uh, a minute now, just to pray for all of our giving uh, that has taken place already. That'll happen today. Um, those that, as you're leaving the sanctuary, ushers will have baskets to receive any offerings that are being given this morning. And typically, when we receive the offering, we talk about what our giving has done. Just on this first Sunday of the new year, I'd like for you to consider with me, for you to stir your faith up with me on what our giving is going to do in this next year. You know, just, just to pause a minute and think about, you, you know, it goes back to a, a seed. When you put an apple seed in the ground, you don't get an apple, you get an apple tree. You know, so when we, when we look at our giving to the Lord, it's multiplication, not addition. Uh, it's, it's investing, not spending, and so, so here we are out in front of all that God wants to do in this next calendar year, and we can recognize on the front end of it all that we will be investing and that in God's hands, it'll be multiplying. Just like that little boy that brought his lunch, you know, on that day when Jesus fed the multitudes, you know, well, what do you have? Ah, just a, a few fish, some, some bread, and Jesus said, oh, that's enough. So we take what each of us brings in faith to the Lord, and not only does that pull together, but then that multiplies in God's hands. And, you know, it really is such an encouragement when we take a look at all that we have the privilege to be a part of through God's vision for grace and peace. 
I mean, there are things we could spend the rest of this service looking at the things that happen under this roof in this building, and then the food pantry and clothing room and the outreaches that happen. And then we're, we're on college campuses through missionaries that we support in different ministries. There's, there's prayer ministries for our nation. There's ministries that support the persecuted church. And then the preaching of the gospel that goes out in different nations around the world. We're in Asia, we're in the Middle East, we're in Africa, we're in Central America. All of these, these things that are happening, you know, and each little seed, each dollar, each cent is literally translating to God's agenda, God's vision going forward. You know, so we, we spent a lot of time... Uh, up until Christmas, looking at the character and nature of God, looking at the names of God. You know, let's pray this morning, uh, looking at this, this aspect of God, that he is the God who does exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Amen? So on the front end, let's just, let's just say, Lord, not just for our giving today, but as we look across this year, thank you for all you're going to do through the, the generous giving of your people. Amen? So God, we do just thank you so much for that. Lord, we're so grateful for all that has transpired in this last year, uh, in the gospel moving forward, in, in the body of Christ being strengthened, in your purposes for your church and through your church being accomplished. And Lord, now as we look out to uh, 2022, we thank you for all that you are purposing to see happen. And we are thankful that we get to be a part of it. Lord, we do recognize here on the front end that that we are investing. We're not spending. And Lord, what we put together doesn't add up. It multiplies and it brings things that are eternal and things that are lasting as your kingdom advances. So we're thanking you for it. Lord, we're thanking you for incredible fruit uh, from the God who does exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And we rejoice in it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, hey, this morning for our message, this is uh, just uh, a standalone. Uh, we have been in the practice of preaching uh, in series. We're going to start a series next week. But today, we're going to talk about charting the course for 2022. Charting the course. So let me ask a question, and, and let, me, let me just kind of preface, you know, the sermons that we share you know, the different pastors, you know, on a Sunday morning, you know, sometimes we're proclaiming, that's preaching. Sometimes we're explaining, that's teaching. Sometimes it's exhortation. Sometimes it's correction and reproof. These are all things that God desires to be done with his word, through his word. Uh, this morning, I'm going to invite you to be a little bit in, in reflection mode with me. You know, as we get ready, we're going to take communion together. If you're watching online, if you just want to gear up at the end of uh, our service, we're going to be taking communion together. But I, I want to invite you to reflect out in front of this year and to be inviting God to speak to you about what he wants to do in this next year. So, so a bunch of questions are going to be scattered throughout the message that I'm going to invite you to just chew on. Uh, if, if I go through some of it rapidly, especially in light of how long it took first service, I don't want to scare you. But, uh, you, you know, if you might say, oh, gee, that's kind of quick. I can't take notes. Just remember, this is always podcasted and you can always go back and watch it. And I think it is the kind of message because it's, it's helping us take some time to uh, marinate with the Lord on, on what he wants to do through the next year. So, all right. Are you going to 
let this next year happen to you? Or are you going to purposely navigate through this year with the Lord? That, that's the first question that I just want to get us out and, and thinking about. Do we want to, by God's grace and together with him, build and choose the course? Uh, how can we navigate the uncertainty of our times and grow and be productive and have a great year? And maybe it could even be a year next year this time where we look back and say, it was the best year yet. That won't happen if we just let the year happen to us, right? And, and I want you to get this picture. I, I'm, I'm kind of laying out, here we are, we're in the harbor, and we're getting ready for a voyage across the sea of this next calendar year. So we're, we're getting ready to launch out. And as we approach this year, there's going to be more pressure, more buffeting, and more trials. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? To hear that good news. More polarized living. More that, that would try to divide and bring strife. Uh, there's going to be more that's toxic out there. More that's confusing out there. And yet with all of that, I, I want us to recognize that from God's perspective, he's saying, I've got you, I'm with you, and this could be a year in my hands that bears so much fruit, that's lived so much for his glory, a year that we could look back on. Uh, I'm a big football fan, so let me put it this way, a championship year with God. Come on, can you dare to believe that it could be? I mean, here we are on the front end, and there's this COVID spike and all this stuff. Um, there's many folks in our congregation that we're praying for, for speedy recovery. There's, there's some where, I mean, this is serious things that are going on around us. So, so don't hear me making light or ignoring. I'm, I'm saying that God is saying, despite all of that, you know, because we, as we chart the course we can't determine whether the storm comes or which way the wind blows, but we can make a decision to adjust the sails, right? And we can make the decision that regardless of what happens, that we will, with the Lord, be able to navigate through every peril and everything that comes our way. So all this, this not very cheerful stuff that just is just continuing on, what will we do about it? So the last couple of years have beat up so many of us stalled us out, put many in um, circling holding patterns, derail and all of that. But God is saying, this is a year to build, to grow, and to climb. Amen. Ephesians 5.15 says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So understand that that's a context for us to say, all right, Lord, as we look out into this next year, want to give it into your hands, want to be led of you. This is a, a very nice sobering verse for us to get some context here. And so as we prepare to take communion, and we're going to certainly, you know, place this year in his hands together, I just want to share some thoughts, and uh, specifically, I want to talk about charting the course personally. I want to talk about charting the course as a church, and then I want to just talk about a handful of things that, that I believe the Lord is uh, encouraging us on the front end of this year. 
so some of what I share might be new perspective, some of it might not. But I want to invite you as we just get ready to look into this, to not ask yourself, hey, have I heard this before? Do I know this? But instead, ask yourself, what does God want me to do with this in this next year? Can you say amen? Amen. All right, so a couple of other things just, just to kind of set the, um, the framework for us. Remember, the Lord is as interested in the journey as he is the destination. Thank you for that one amen over there somewhere. Amen. God is as interested in what transpires in you over this next calendar year as he is about the port that you land in at the tail end of this year. In fact, let me even take that a step further. Not only is God interested that oftentimes, in fact, most of the time, the journey is preparing us for what God wants to do next in us and through us. So that's why it, it, it serves us really well on the front end of a year like this uh, and, and in regular intervals throughout the year to be looking to the Lord and, and looking, how is the journey going? What is God saying? What is he wanting me to do? How am I living, right? So, all right, let's talk about charting the course personally. I got five things that, that I, I think will be really helpful for us for charting this next year. So number one, and again, I know you've heard this before, but I want to invite you to say, in light of 2022, in order to chart the course personally and have a great year, we have to, number one, live on purpose. That means be intentional. So where are you headed? What direction are you headed in? What are your goals? What sense of purpose and mission are you currently carrying? What is God saying to you here and now? Let me, let me ask then, in, in light of that, for 2022, what needs to stay from last year? As, as you get into this year, say, well, here, here's a couple of things that were going on in my life. Man, that really needs to stay. That needs to be anchored. How about, are there any things that you're saying, you know what, I got to cut loose of this from 2021 as I move into 2022? What might, be God, what, what might God be saying in that setting? And then is there anything that you need to start doing that you're saying, not nah, this wasn't a part of the radar, the landscape last year, and this is something I got to get on for this year? See, Hebrews 12.1 tells us, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. How many know? Since Jesus ascended to heaven, right? Since, since Jesus was raised from the dead, there is this great cloud of witnesses. Every saint who has lived that has gone home to be with the Lord, that is a great cloud of witnesses that is cheering us on to run the race that God has marked out for us, right? And, and it, because we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, it says, so let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, right? That's what we're looking at in the front end of this year. Man, I got to be intentional. What am I doing that I'm supposed to be doing? What am I doing that I am not supposed to be doing? What do I got to get going that, that, that's not part of the picture? Because I got to get off everything that hinders and get off the sin that so easily entangles, so that we can run the race with perseverance that's marked out for us. 
One of my heroes, a mentor in my life, had said so, so many times, history will be kind to me because I'm writing it. That, that, that's a, a quote that's speaking to, I'm going to choose intentionally. I can't choose which way the wind is blowing. I can't choose when the storm comes. I can't choose how the waves react to the wind. I can't choose any of that stuff. But I can write how I respond as we move through. Amen. Amen. So first thing is we have to live on purpose. Second thing, we have to know our priorities and know our values. We have to know our priorities and know our values. So again, let me ask, so going into this year, are you clear on your priorities? Are you clear on what's most important? The Lord helps us out in, in, in this area in Matthew 6, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So the Lord lets us know his kingdom, living for him, first and foremost. Actually, our greatest, I mean, literally our greatest purpose in life is to minister to him, to worship him, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things will be added on. Here's what it says in the Amplified. But first and most importantly, seek, that is, aim at and strive after his kingdom and his righteousness. That is, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God. Do all that stuff. All these things will be given to you also. So what a great verse on priority. We start with him. We're looking from his perspective, him first. And then out of his kingdom priority, what, what comes after that priority-wise? Well, it's family. And, and by the way, you know, I, I've heard it worded this way. People will say, hey, family comes before ministry. And I want you to hear me today. That's wrong. Family does not come before ministry. Family is your first ministry. Can you say amen? Do you hear the difference in, in the understanding of that? If ministry is here, family is here, there's just too much that can get Wonky. I think that's a theological word I just used there. It's Pastor James's Iowa corn schwaggles, right? He brought that. I just, that's one of my favorite words. Sorry, but he's, he's saying, why don't you go there? You know, I just love that word. Ask my family how many times I say the word corn schwaggled. Whatever it is, it's not enough. But when your family is your first ministry, and of course, that's coming out of the context overarching is I love and I worship him. Now we can discern how to make it all work and make it all fit together. So it, it, it's uh, our first ministry, not before our ministry. And I was reflecting back something Pastor Walt would say so often. He would share the story of going to Pastor Maureen and saying, I've got good news for you. And, and, and I'm going to summarize my words. He definitely said it better. Uh, God is number one and you're number two. But the good news is because God is number one, you'll never be three, four, five, six, anything like that down the line, right? You know, that's the whole picture. Amen. Amen. So when we minister to him first, then out of that comes all of the other ministry. And, and you'll see how this fits in as we talk more about priorities. What, what are some of our other priorities? Well, we'd have to look at our responsibilities. What responsibilities do, do we have? Those are our priorities. Uh, I learned this one from my, uh, my day timer, my Franklin planner. They, they told you to uh, look at what roles do you have in life? 
you know, and I've been, I've been using this as an exercise for about 20 years. You know, my first most prioritized role is I'm a child of God. And then you identify that role. Who's the key person in that role? That's God. And then you write out, and what does it look like knocking it out of the park? What's your vision for that role? And then it, then it turns into a prayer. Lord, I, I want to stand before you someday and hear you and have you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, I want you to be smiling. I want you to be pleased. Oh, yeah, you said in your word, without faith, it's impossible to please you. Lord, I want to I walk in strong faith because I want to please you. Amen? And all of a sudden, vision and, and, and my priorities and, and how I need to chart my life starts to take, take shape. And then, you know, again, what, what's my uh, next most important role? Well, I'm a husband. My wife, Annette, is the key person in that role. And now I start looking at not, Lord, let me pray about five ways she could do better. Right? No, no. I start with, Lord, what does it look like for me to be the husband you've called me to be in 2022? Right? And we start working it all out and, 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 and getting a vision for what does that picture look like. Then the next, my daughters, Rachel and Bella, what does it look like to be the father that God has called me to be? What does it look like to be the pastor that God has called me to be? And it builds and it shapes a vision. And then we reflect together with the Lord. We get this picture. And then how many know that the Lord will be faithful to say, hey, bub, need to straighten up a little bit here. Or, hey, you're missing it on this one. Or, hey, here's the vision. There's the course. You're going this way. You need to get back on track. Right? There's just something about laying it out. So our responsibilities, our roles, they will help us determine priorities. Also, life season. Depending on the life season that we're in, how much we give to what, when, and what we do, when, where, how, how many know that that adjusts based on the life season that you're in? There's different focuses, and, and it's supposed to be that way at different seasons of time. So, so that's something we can look at. And then I heard John Maxwell talk about when you're looking at your priorities, you can remember the three R's. You know, so what is required of me? You know, those are things, that, again, that I just have to do, those responsibilities. Here's a stewardship question before the Lord. How has God gifted me? And as I invest my time, what brings the greatest return on my time? You don't want me playing basketball. You don't want me leading worship. Actually, you don't want me playing any sport, really. You know, that's not a good use of my time. God's not gifted me that way. He's got not anointed me that way. He's not called me that way. But when I look at what brings the greatest return, because, you know, have you ever heard somebody say, like, if you have an area you're poor in, and they tell you, well, just keep working at it? How many know, no matter how much I work at it, I'm not giving, you know, Michael Jordan a run for his money on his, his records. Just, it's just not happening, right? So the area to keep working at it, if there's a weakness, is in our character. When it comes to our gifts and our lack of gifts, let's not keep pouring into an area that God has not gifted us. What's the return? The best I get is mediocre. But you want to know what? God's put gifts in every one of us. And if we work in our gift areas, then we can do great exploits for him because it's what he's gifted us in. It's what he's called us to. It's what he's going he's gonna to bless in our lives. Required, return, and then reward. What is deeply rewarding to you? It's important to have whatever brings great reward to your heart to have that a part of your life. 
Because if you're just doing what, what's required and what gives greatest return and there's no reward, you're going to be one of them cranky Christians. Right? And that, that's not supposed to be. That's supposed to be uh, two terms that don't go together. Right? So, hey, what do we need to do to be in alignment with our priorities for 2022? Again, what needs to stay the same? What needs to go away? What needs to come onto the plate? And then, of course, God wants us to grow. How are we going to grow in 2022? Again, we have to be intentional, right? Okay, a, a third thing. Are you tracking with me so far? Amen? Amen. All right. Uh, to, to chart this next year individually, to see it be a fruitful year, uh, always start with yourself. Now, before you say, gee, I thought we're supposed to think about ourselves last. I thought I'm supposed to be selfless and not selfish. Well, you're absolutely right, but that's not what we're talking about here. When we say talk about yourself, let me let an Anglican bishop from a thousand years ago, let me allow him to make this illustration. Here's what he said that was written on his tomb in Westminster Abbey. He said, when I was young and free and my imagination had no limits, I dreamed of changing the world. As I grew older and wiser and realized the world would not change, I shortened my sights somewhat and decided to change only my country. But it too seemed immovable. As I grew into my twilight years, I settled on changing only my family and those closest to me. But alas, they would have none of it. Now let's just pause there. How many have somebody in your family that's made it their purpose to change you? How many are sitting next to that person right now? No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I want you to answer that. Isn't that easy to do, right? We look at what's going on, especially in our household. Now, as I lay on my deathbed, he continues to say, I suddenly realized that if I had only changed myself first, then by example, I could perhaps have changed my family. And from their inspiration and encouragement to me, I would have been better able to help my country. And from there, I may have even been able to change the world. Right? And I tell you, in, in times like we have been going through these last couple of years and all of the muck that's out there and all that would make us tense, all that would want to offend and, and divide and all of these other things, uh, important for us to live in a way because that's not done, that's not over. As we know, all around us today, it's so important for us to say, all right, in all of it, I'm going to start with me. I'm going to start with me. In Matthew 7, 3 to 5, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So let's be clear here. We're to call out the speck in our brother's eye. But the word of God is always saying, but start, start with you. See, when we start with God, begin here in my heart, then, then our walk with him, our, our religion, our Christianity is, is pouring out of relationship with him. And as imperfect as we are, there's an authenticity to it, right? Uh, otherwise, we become in danger. I mean, come on, how many know, isn't it easier to see the fault in somebody else? I know it is for me to see somebody else's fault rather than my own. But when we live in that place, I'm telling you, there's an anointing, there's a brokenness, there's a compassion, there's a love 
that, that gets to pour out of us that's of the Lord that will get stopped up if, if we don't begin with ourselves. You know, we can even go back to this whole picture of uh, when we're flying on an airplane and they tell us when the oxygen mask drops out of the ceiling, they always say, put the mask on yourself first because we're going to want to put it on our child or, or somebody in need and we'll pass out before ever being able to get it on them if we don't put it on ourselves first. That, that's why they say that. So that's the context here is to begin so that what we're walking out in God is something uh, that, that will be uh, life-giving and that will touch into somebody else's life. Can you say amen? amen. All right, number four, uh, use your compass and your map. So just a little, little bit of an object lesson just for us to hopefully, you know, have it settle down a little bit more. This is a sectional aeronautical chart. So uh, this is, uh, some of this kind of leans over into our area. And um, this is a plotter that you use. So when you figure out where you're going from point A to point B, uh, you can find out what the weather is going to be. You can find out what the wind is going to be. And it helps you chart your course. And you, you lay it out. Your map shows you, as a matter of fact, they're divided up into squares. And, and this map will show you things like what is the height of the highest obstacle within that square on the map. And that's helpful so you don't fly into it because that would just ruin your day. You know, and then there's other things like, you know, different kinds of airspace. Like we have in our area airspace where the military blows stuff up. I don't want to be flying in an airspace where they're blowing stuff up. And I'm glad they don't want me flying in it either. You're right? And they make it very, very clear. And there's ways to know different navigation things. Hey, when I, I'm not sure where I am, I'm given radio frequencies that I can tune in here so I can find out just what to do in that particular situation. Man, I tell you, my map... It has everything I need to be able to get all around as I'm trying to get from point A to point B. And inside your airplane, you always have a compass that will tell you north, south, east, and west, and, and everywhere in between. And when we talk about our compass here, I want to look at 1 Timothy 4.7. It says, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. You know, again, I was thinking about it on this parallel. Before I ever had the opportunity to fly solo, uh, as a matter of fact, one of my solo flights, it was the long solo. I, had, I flew from uh, Robert J. Miller here in Ocean County down to Cape May and then to Salisbury, Maryland, and then back over to the coast uh, and, and all the way back up. And before I ever did that, man, I did so much training on this map so much plotting, so much check the weather. Now I know where I'm going. What does it mean if the wind's going this way? What does it mean if the weather's doing that? What does it mean if this or that is going on? I did a lot of, a lot of training with my map so that I could get to where I needed to go. This, this same verse, uh, actually including verses 6 to 10 in the message, says, you've been raised on the message of the faith and have followed sound teaching. Now pass on this counsel to the followers of Jesus there and you'll be a good servant of Jesus. Stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up in religion. Exercise daily in God. 
No spiritual flabbiness. And I said this in the first service. When I hear that, I hear no spiritual flabbiness. I don't know why. I just, it just, it's just that way. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so making you fit both today and forever. You can count on this. Take it to heart. This is why we've thrown ourselves into this venture so totally. We're banking on the living God, Savior of all men and women, especially believers. So, hey, when we look at our, our uh, I'm sure you know where I'm going with the map. Let's talk about our north, south, east, and west, our four cardinal compass points. This isn't exhaustive, but I, I think these are four anchors in 2022 that'll serve us well. Are you ready for these earth-shattering things that you've never heard before? Prayer. Worship. The leading of Holy Spirit. And your vital connection to the body of Christ. These will be things that will help us navigate and get through even the stormiest of days. I use this verse a lot. I just feel like it has to be referred back and back to Ephesians 6, 18. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So talking a little bit about using our compass, we don't want to get away from that. And then, of course, the map is, we know, the Word of God, right? You know, that's where I was going. And, and 2 Timothy 2.15 in the Amplified says, Study and be eager and do your utmost to present yourself to God approved that is tested by trial, a workman who has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, that is, rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. The Amplified, it's a mouthful, right? But, oh, that is such a great picture of what our approach to the Word of God should be. Analyzing, searching, you know, really clearly understanding. I love what it says in Acts 17, verse 11. It says, Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. And, and notice, and as a result, many of them believed. Right? So, so this picture of searching diligently and, and, and really getting into the word. What is the result? We believe. Right? We yes and amen the word of God. And again, just, just uh, wrapping up this, this analogy here uh, w- with uh, aviation, you know, they would say over and over and over again, smaller course corrections sooner rather than bigger ones later. So the idea is on more regular intervals, make course correction, make course correction, make course correction. And, and, and what's that picture for us? And if we have a daily time in God's word, a daily time in worship, daily time in prayer, reflecting, bringing our lives before him, seeking his face, he's going to bring daily correction to our lives, right? Course correction. Keep us on track. Amen. All right, and the last one, and then we'll move on from here, uh, for us to have a thriving year. I want you to hear me on this one. Choose the environment that you live in. Choose your environment. Because perhaps more than ever before, the pitfalls, toxic, negative, 
life depleting. The pitfalls are everywhere. There's a lot of toxic stuff. The place where we have to start is we have to model what we want. You know, so we have to sometimes take a look in the mirror and, and, and with God's help, get a little self-awareness and say, so what am I sowing? Which means, what am I reaping, right? You know, if, if, if we find people are very, very comfortable dropping off their garbage to me, we have to come to terms with, I have made people very comfortable dropping their garbage off to me. Because there's other people who have made the decision, I don't want your garbage. Don't bring that to me. We're not going to gossip. We're not going to this. We're not going to that. Let's not do that. You know, sometimes we'll, we'll couch it and we'll say, oh, but let's pray. Listen to what they did. But we'll pray for them, right? We'll couch up gossip and, and all this different stuff, right? So, so we model what we want. And part of that modeling is then looking at our environment. What's one environment that you take with you everywhere you go? There's actually two that, that we'll talk about this morning. One's here and the other is here, right? Are the thoughts that we think. I'm really looking forward for a growth group for our next semester. Uh, I want to be going through the book, The 4-8 Principle, spending about whatever it is, 10, 12 weeks, just looking at, you know, all these things in Philippians 4-8 that God says, focus on these things and see how it transforms everything else in your life. Actually, the subtitle of the book is The Secret to a Joy-Filled Life. You know, is think on the things that God says to think on. Powerful. And then, of course, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, so then it's our mouth, watching what comes out of our mouth. That'll set an environment around us. And then, you know, we look at things like our mindsets, our paradigms, our worldviews. But Let's not be surprised on how positively we can impact our environment around us. So let me just take a little pause. Maybe some would say, hey, well, you know, my home environment isn't the healthiest it could be. You know, the easy thing to do is, is, is to look and say, and that's because this one does this, and this one does that, and this one doesn't do this or that. But aren't we right back to the point we said earlier, I got to start with me. You know, so instead we say, well, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to participate in. Here's what I'm not going to participate in. Here's what I'm going to, you know. And uh, when we're looking, if we find that we've gotten into kind of negative, toxic, whatever you want to call it, it'll take some time to dig out. But the more we bring that to the Lord, we can be a part of bringing streams in the desert bringing just refreshing, the refreshing of God's spirit, God's presence, whether it's work, whether it's home, whether it's our neighborhood, whatever other circles that we have. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right. Uh, regarding the Church of Grace and Peace, again, we really laid out our next phase of vision back in August on the church birthday. And that's, that's on the website. Always good for us to go back to. I don't want to just repeat, you know, what we had said there, but a couple of things on the front end of the year. Uh, first of all, we say yes to everything we looked at individually, you know, for us corporately as a church. But I'll say a couple of things. In 2022, we want to see new levels of world-changing prayer at Grace and Peace. And we had a great year this last year. We, we saw such an advance in prayer in this last year. Uh, it's, it's our primary elder target. We want to be a people in place of prayer. And our second one with that, we want to be a people that are spirit-filled and spirit-led. 
in all that we do. And so we want to be a people hungry for God, filled with his spirit. Uh, We want to be skilled in the word and anchored in a biblical worldview. Because that that has been so shaken uh, in in, in these last bunch of years. Uh, We want to focus on growing strong in Christ, being equipped as disciples, being empowered by God's spirit, growing in becoming everything that God has called us to be, walking that adventure together, what God has called us to personally, because it's as unique and individual and beautiful as every person that's a part of this church. But then when that comes together corporately, that's the expression of what God wants to do through this house. Amen? You know, so when we talk about vision for the house, I'm sorry, not sorry, that it's not um, bells and whistles and slick sounding or anything like that. We want to grow in Christ. We want to see the world reached for him. We want to make disciples. Occupy till he comes. That's the vision. Just keep growing in him and doing life together. All the different seasons, all the things, and just going from step to step and faith to faith and glory to glory. And back to environment, uh, I, I want to ask you here this morning, would you, would you throw your hat in with, with, with me on this challenge? We want to be an inspiring, life-giving community. We want to be in an inspiring, life-giving church where folks will turn and say, I'm better because I'm part of that church family. Amen. Amen. Now, listen, I know that's an ideal, and I know we miss the mark in all kinds of different ways. But there's two ways to respond to what I just said. One way to respond is like, well, that's not what happened to me, you know? And, 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 and don't hear me belittling something negative that might have happened to you, okay? I'm not at all. But what I'm saying is if we hear through that lens, we won't be a part of becoming the ideal that God has called us to be. Did you hear me? Amen? So it's, it's uphill all the way. You say, well, why is it uphill all the way? Well, first of all, let's just talk about how different we are for each, from each other, right? We're all wired so differently, Different gift mix, different personalities. And I can't tell you how many times I've said uh, in marriage counseling, yes, they're different than you. And different is not wrong. The world is not supposed to be all like you or you or you, right? Different is not wrong from a personality, wiring, gifting, passions, gift mix perspective. So you got that right off the bat that we got to get past, right? I'm, I'm very pastoral. You know, others might be a little more prophetic. We just, you know, we're, we're, we're almost kind of wired in a, in a tug of war right off the bat unless we recognize and celebrate the giftings in each other and the fact that we need each other. Amen? Then it's, then it's bliss. You're weird, but it's cool. <laughs> or wait, no, no, actually, I'm weird, but hey, it's cool. You know, however it is, depending on how different we are from each other. So that's best case scenario. We're still working uphill, but then... then church family, uh, different levels of maturity, different life experience, people that are wounded, that have, have baggage, that they've come here, that God has brought here to work through. Then let's just talk about good old-fashioned sin, carnality, selfishness, ego, 
vain imaginations, you know, all this stuff that God is working to purge out of people's lives. So it's quite a goal that we're aiming at to be a place that is thoroughly from every level of of this church family, inspiring and life-giving. When God is bringing sick, broken, banged up, immature, carnal people to come meet Jesus and grow up in Christ to become a beautiful reflection of him. Amen? So what does that mean? More times than not, I can't tell you how many shots on the chin have landed square on this chin. Let's just take from this last year moving into this year. We have to just make a determination. Now, I'm not talking about somebody being abusive, and I'm not talking about, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, Honoring, giving place to toxic behavior. Okay? Amen? I'm not talking about that. But on the flip side, doing life with people is always messy. And it's always painful. There was a pastor, he was having such a rough time. And I said, hey, how you doing? He said, ministry would be great, but for the people. And then he would turn around and say, the greatest treasure of ministry is the people. And every one of us would be able to say that at different times, you know? What is my greatest joy? My family. What's been my greatest challenge? My family. You know, in whatever context that we're looking at, because people are just people, and this is a part of the process. But if every one of us would make the determination, man, I'm all in, and I'm going to be a part of this becoming that ideal that God has called. So, so what are some things that will help it be an inspiring culture? Well, well, certainly, of course, a prayerful people and spirit-filled and spirit-led that are anchored in the word. But we've defined six things that we're looking at um, that we think are, are, are so helpful. Number one is a culture of honor. So what happens when we don't see eye to eye? What does honor look like? What happens when I'm having a bad day? What does not taking my bad day out on somebody else, on and on, looking at what does it mean to honor the Lord and to honor each other? Uh, A culture of excellence, which is doing the best you can with what you've got. Uh, Then we can look at servanthood, being people that go to heroic lengths to serve people. A-plus attitude. That's uh, not just attitude, good attitude, an A-plus attitude. Can we just pause for a minute? I I, I want you to consider the weight of what I'm about to say here. Outside of your relationship with God, do you realize pretty much your greatest asset in life? Realized or just in potential? Your greatest asset is your attitude. Come on. Man. So we want it to be an A-plus attitude. Then we want to focus on growing because at the end of the day, the Lord has called us to grow as disciples, to mature, and then accountability, a culture of accountability. There can't be a healthy culture without there being a culture of accountability. So, man, would you say amen? I want to be a part of helping us be that. Would you say yes to that? I want to be a part of bringing that solution, setting that temperature here, here in this place. And when we miss it, we keep going back at it. And when we miss it, we keep going back at it. And when we miss it, we keep going back at it. We make it right. We're accountable. We walk through and it becomes a culture where it, it is. I, you need to know, I, I pray my guts to the Lord 
that grace and peace in these days ahead would be life-giving and inspiring God to everyone who comes through these doors. To the first person walking in for the first time, to the founder that's been here the longest and everywhere in between. I hope you catch the heart on that. All right, I went just as long as last time. I am so sorry. Please take your communion. Some things, not everything, certainly, but some things that I sense God is saying in the context of what we're talking about here today, okay? On the front end of this year. First one, this last two years, oh yeah, go ahead, raise your hand if you, thank you, awesome. If you didn't get communion, raise your hand and usher will find you. This last couple of years, church, has created so much start, stop, close, open, withdraw, uh, move forward, all of these different things. If we're not careful, we're still in a holding pattern. We're still waiting to get through the other side of something. Can you say amen? One of the things I really believe the Lord is saying, stop pausing and putting on hold. Get your rhythms of life back. God honoring life rhythms back going into 2022. There might still be all of these obstacles around us that make it that much more challenging, but I know I found it in my life that, that I, um, I realized I'm, I'm circling the plane. I'm in a holding pattern. God doesn't want me circling and holding. God has got things he's saying he's doing that he wants to happen. Does that, does that bear witness? Can you say amen? All right. Uh, I believe the Lord is also saying, I'm aware, I see it all, and I have a plan for you through all of it. He's near, he sees, he's with us every step of the way. Kind of pairing back with the first one, we need to stop waiting for things to return to normal and then just march forward. I, I believe I, I heard God really clearly say this, the body needs to get out of the flesh and walk in the spirit. Put off the flesh and put on the spirit. I believe I heard we need to love and value people in fact, that needs to be the lens through which we see the world around us. Granted, it's been much more of, of a challenge that's been put before us during very challenging times here. But the Lord hasn't called us to just love those that it's easier to love. As a matter of fact, doesn't he make it really apparent in the word? Really is no bonus points, no gold stars, no good noodle to us if we're loving what's easy to love. Right? We're called to just love, period. To see people that Jesus died for through the lens of love and to realize just how valuable every person is to him. All right, we're almost done. I believe uh, on the front end of this year, the Lord is saying you need to dwell in the secret place and conquer the distractions that have come in. You know, like right off the bat, there's, you know, the, I've mentioned this before, the weapons of mass distraction, right? All kinds of things. And man, there's more services that stream amusement, you know, that we could just be checked out and, and, and not engaged. But, you know, going back to Psalm 91, as Pastor Maureen declared out this morning, all of those incredible things that are said in Psalm 91, it begins, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. 
And so to, to that abiding in lifestyle. So it might be on the front end of the year that the Lord is calling some fasting from some things that have just gotten the better of us from a distraction perspective. All right, and then the last one ties in with some things that we have said along the way here. We need to patiently endure in faith. There's more to endure. There's more to be patient over in the days to come. Amen? Amen. But the Lord, by his spirit, will give us patient endurance, but we have to exercise faith. And we'll, we'll look at this verse, Hebrews 6, 11. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who, through faith and patience, inherit what has been promised. So all God's promises are yes and amen in Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ. But we walk out, we receive those promises through, through faith and patient endurance. Just one day at a time, walking on through. So as we get ready to take communion together, we look at this cup and this bread. This is something that we're called to do regularly. It says as often as we partake that we are to remember the, the suffering, the price that was paid, and to remember just what was done through this, through the shedding of his blood, every bondage, every sin stronghold, everything that would shackle us has been broken through the shedding of Christ's blood on the cross. And in the breaking of his body, he has brought healing for everything that we need healing from. Freedom, deliverance, wholeness was purchased for us at the cross. So as we prepare to take this together, as, as we looked at some things that we can reflect on, getting ready to voyage out into this next calendar year, 2022, the blood is more than enough. His broken body is more than enough. Jesus reigns. He has the name above every name. And if we will seek first his kingdom, if we'll dwell in the secret place, so much of the rest of what we looked at here will come into place as well. Amen? So let's pray. Father, as we prepare to close here today, we thank you so much for your great love for us. Jesus, we turn our eyes to you and we're so grateful for all that you did for us on the cross all that led up to the cross the breaking of your body the shedding of your blood you're paying for our sin you're ransoming us back so that we could live forever with you in eternity and lord we thank you that what you did for us is, is not only for eternity not only for our future but it's for now and as we look out over this next calendar year, it is our desire for it to be a fruitful year, for it to be a great year in you. So lead us, grow us, deliver us where we need it, heal us, we ask where we need it, but we place ourselves, we place our loved ones, we place this year in your capable hands. Thank you, Lord. We don't know what is to come each day, but we know that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's partake. Amen. Amen.
Let me just uh, throw one more thing out that I realized I, <clears throat> I zoomed past before. When you're looking at your direction for the year, when you're looking at your priorities for the year, I would encourage you, write it down and keep it in your Bible, keep it in your devotional stuff, keep it where you look at it and pray over it regularly. And there's a good chance when you look at that stuff, you see a little bit of a pathway that God actually starts to chart out for the year. And, and it is just a scientifically proven fact. If we want to move from good intentions into actually walking out our priorities consistently, uh, those that write them down are actually more effective in it. Now, let me just throw a flip side to that coin. Now, with that being said and done, don't be married to the plan and don't be married to what you wrote down. As a matter of fact, I like to word it this way, write it in pencil, not in concrete. Because I'll tell you what, I had a God-glorifying, God-honoring plan laid out in 2020, and it worked flawlessly until March. And then the whole world changed. And again, there's a choice. We, God didn't choose to reveal to me what was coming down the road for 2020 there, but I had to make the decision, adjust the sales. Lord, I didn't see this coming. I chose to navigate the best I could out in front, but now we're here. I'm not married to what I wrote down. I'm saying this because if you're anything like me, I really wanted to stay. It's a good plan, Lord. I want to do the plan. But God gave me enough sense to know the plan is not going to work now. You got to adjust it. You got to adjust the sails. You got to move how you're navigating so that you move with me. Amen. Amen. So I appreciate your patience here this morning on, we won't typically go long like this. I just needed to make sure that it all got out, that for those that are watching online, just for us to, uh, together on the front end of this year, have this all laid out. And I want you to know, I'm just praying for each and every one that's here, that's part of the church family, that this really becomes the year it can be in Christ because he gets all the glory for it. And then we grow and then we move on to his good purpose for us. Amen. So, Father, as we go from this place, we just pray your covering, your anointing, Lord, your protection in all of our coming and going. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, fill us. And as it would squeeze out there, Lord, work in us that it would just press us more and more toward you. Thank you for it, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless church family. Have a great day.